Brent, we love you. We're so privileged that you are our, our leader, and we look forward to hearing what God wants to say through you. God. Wow. I was, um, <clears throat> I was one of the first ones in the sanctuary tonight because I unlocked the place. So, uh, there were some people waiting for me to unlock the place. Um, but the reason why that's significant, why I mentioned that is because, um, so I was here when just a few people were here and so, and we were praying in the back, we had some intercession going on and, I just saw people filter in, trickle in over that next hour, all the way up until church started, hour and a half. And he, and as that happened, I, I, I could point many of you out, but I, every time you'd come around that corner, I would feel the increase of of God's glory. Um, I would feel it. I, it's the water level was going up and up and up. Um, and and you were bringing light with you and and glory and power and um, every one of every single one of you every single one of you we we have to know what we carry we have to know who we are we're we're coming into a time where we've got to know this I, I want this is another one this is uh, just in particular I was I was worshiping tonight and um, I know people were still coming in after we started worship and all of a sudden I knew. I'm like, oh, Joe and Anna just got here. I don't know where they are. I know they're here somewhere. There they are. You And I did not, and then I forgot about it. I didn't even look around for you. And then a couple minutes later, you know, five minutes later, I saw you over here and here worshiping. I'm like, uh, you know what that means? That we carry, we actually carry something in the spirit that is tangible, that is real. Um, there's a reason why Peter's shadow was healing people. It, actually, that, that word is really more of, of what he was carrying, the glory he was carrying. That's what was overcoming people. He didn't even have to touch them. You, you all carry that. That wasn't just a story for Peter. And, and there's something about knowing what we carry. I remember uh, there have been certain times, but I'm just remembering one time when I was walking down a, a corridor in a... It was in a, a rest home, I believe, a medical place, but it was more like a rest home. But I remember walking, and in that moment, um, the Lord, by His grace, I, I just knew what I was carrying as I was walking. It was the, it was the wildest feeling. It was, it was um, I was changing the atmosphere because I was there. And I don't mean this, I'm not saying this right now to like, have you get impressed with me? I'm saying this because you carry that. You, each one of you, Christians, Christ ones, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the glorious one has made his home inside of you. You carry that. You change atmospheres. You do. And somehow the more we know it, the more we, we walk in it, the more we believe it, the more we release what we carry. This is who you are. We're just going to stop and pray right now. Holy Spirit, help us to know who we are, what we carry, and why we're alive for today. (laughs) Help us to get it. 
Help us to know this is not just good words. I'm not just trying to make people feel good. That's your job. You make us feel good. But we carry something for a purpose. We're carrying your glory for a world that desperately needs the transformation that only you can bring. However, you bring it through us. So give us courage, but also give us insight. Help us to see who we are. In Jesus' name. I'm good. We can all go home now, okay? <laughs> Seriously, Joel, we're at man, and Aletta, and team. There were several times in worship I'm like, I am good to go. I don't need to get up and say anything. We can just leave now. Actually, you know, don't leave now. Just stay here. But it is well with my soul. Remember last, last, uh, there have been several times in the last month I have mentioned to you about letting your spirit, the spirit in you, your spirit, not the Holy Spirit, your spirit rise up to take charge. Your soul is blessed by the Lord, but it's not the one that's supposed to take charge. And because your spirit is in connection with God's spirit all the time, right? So what, that's exactly what, that's a great illustration right there of what we are saying. That's our spirit that's reminding our soul, it is well. Hey, soul, hey, emotions, hey, mind that's unsettled or whatever, emotions that are all over the place, calm down. It's your spirit telling your soul, it is well. Because the Lord is here. He's good. Oh, man, there's so many lyrics. I was like, I belong, I belong, I belong. What was that song? That was awesome. I love, I love, I love. I don't even remember it all. It was just, it was going in here somewhere deep. It's going deep. Last week, I, I taught about uh, God's promises and our response. I talked a lot about Abraham, and I, and I, and I showed, um, told you how, how come that was uh, tied into our journey, Suzanne and my journey, the parallels that, in there. And um, I know from, I think, Russ asking, there, there weren't a ton of hands up, so I'm guessing a lot of you were not here. And um, hopefully you were also able to listen to it on podcast. If not, please please go back if you can. And I don't often say that. This, again, is not self-promotion time, I promise. It's just that we're, I was painting some broad brushstrokes that we're going to build, be building on. And I was reminding you basically where Suzanne and I have been for 25 years, where Blazing Fire has been for 13 years, and where we see ourselves going from here. So part two of this is just to take it a little bit further I realized um, last week I, I talked about God's covenant with Abraham, and I, I didn't, I didn't actually um, show you the scriptures or, um, or read them, and I wanted to do that tonight. This is just by way of of quick um, review. But this is where God finds a man, Abraham, and says, "You, I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless you because I'm going to bless you, because it's my choice to bless you." So he approaches Abraham and says. I'm going to make you a great nation. I shall bless you. I shall make your name famous. You are to be a blessing. And I mentioned how God God gives us these promises sometimes. And sometimes like this promise, it's a little bit more general. Like, wow, that's really good. 
to have no idea how you're going to do that, and I have no idea what my part in is in this. But but thank you, God. Okay, all right, thanks. So this is what happens: is eleven years later, God approaches him again, and this is right at the time when he is deciding to um, that he's going to make a nation on his own, not through he and Sarah, but through his maidservant Hagar. And uh, so they're having Ishmael, and God comes again, and this time he says, okay, I don't think you really got it last time. This is something I'm going to do, and it's going to happen. And so 11 years later, he comes and he says, I am your shield. I shall give you a very great reward. And your heir shall be the issue of your own body. In other words, um, your heir is going to come from your own body. It's not going to be, it's going to be from you and Sarah. It's not going to be from someone else. Look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. Just so will be your descendants. Just so will your descendants be. Now, can you imagine Abraham checking out the sky? You want to you find yourself in there because you're in there. You're one of those. Believe me, in in our day and age, when we talk about billions of souls on the earth, right, we have some concept. You can be in the middle of a huge city and get, oh, there's a lot of people here. That was not their day. You understand that? You know, a few hundred people, a few thousand people is quite a large crowd. So for God to say, why don't you try try to count those because this is who's coming through you. This is is who I'm going to bless through you, Abraham. Pretty wild. Pretty, pretty wild. All right. 13 years later, he said, God says, I'm going to do this. 13 years later. Now Ishmael's 13 years old. And they've about given up all hope. God, you said it. I believe it. Uh, Kind of. You know? You said it. I believe it. You said it. I believe it. You said it. I believe it. I mean, that's kind of where they are now. You know, 13 years later, this is when God says, okay, I'm going to give you a fresh look at who I am. I want to say this to you. Along in your journey, God is going to at times show you who he is in a way you've never seen before. And he's going to do it in the midst of some of your greatest disappointments in the midst of some of the the greatest hurts, in the midst of the times when you're wondering where he is, he's going to show up and he's going to show you a different side of him than you've ever seen and blow you away. It's what he loves to do. So he comes to to Abraham and he says, Abram at the time, he says, I am El Shaddai. Now this is the first time that name is ever used. Isn't that wild? The words we use from God, there was a time when it was the first time it was ever heard on the earth. El Shaddai. I'm El Shaddai. Big word study, but really this captures it. The God who mightily nourishes, satisfies, protects, and supplies his people. Because that word actually is multi-faceted dimension. There's all kinds of, you know, just to say he's the almighty one, that doesn't cut it. That's not what he was Saying He was saying a whole lot in El Shaddai. The God who mightily nourishes, satisfies, protects, supplies his people. He says, this is the God I am. This is the one I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you that I'm going to supply everything you need to fulfill what I told you I'm going to do for you. 
Live in my presence. See, he's, now he's drawing him in. See, each time he approaches him, it gets going further, right? And, and often in our disappointment in life, it's when God is pulling us in. Do you remember Hosea chapter 2 where, where, um, where he says to you, you know, you, you were in the desert, but now I'm, I'm, I'm drawing you back to myself. And in the end of Hosea 2, he basically says, and the reason I'm doing this, I'm drawing you back in so that now you're going to see me not as a master, but as a husband. See, he takes those, he says, I'm going to take your, your, um, the, 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 the discouragement, I'm going to turn it into a gateway of hope. But I'm going to show you a new place of who I am, and I'm going to cause you to fall much deeper in love with me. This is, this is why he says, he's saying to Abraham, Abraham, Abram at the time, live in my presence. Come here. Come on in closer. Be perfect, and I shall grant a covenant between myself and you. And make you very numerous. Be perfect. What? That's a bummer. Shoot. If I have to be perfect to get God's covenant, that's a bummer. Right? But that word tamim means to live according to your original identity. To function according to your original identity. Don't be a fake. Don't try to be something you're not. Be who I created. Because when you're that, you're perfect. Abraham, be yourself. I don't need you to be somebody else. Be you. And I'm going to grant a covenant between myself and you and make you very numerous. Your name, and this is where he says, is to be Abraham. Abram to Abraham. Ruah. The spirit of God. He breathes his promise into Abram to be Abraham. It's God's spirit that causes everything to happen. It's not by our might. It's not by our power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Do we have a part in this? Yes. We walk with him. Abraham had to walk with him. Abraham had to do certain things that he asked him to do. Even when he blew it, though, it did not change the covenant. It never changed the covenant. I'm going to bless you because I'm going to bless you because I'm a blesser. Because that's who I am and I don't change. I am the Lord. I change not. He's going to bless you because he's going to bless you because he's going to bless you. Because that's who he is. Lord, I blew it. Now, I'm, now I've lost all your blessings. He's like, who are you talking to? You obviously have me confused with someone else who, who changes their mind and changes the covenant. See, that's, that's not true. So I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me, keep, let me finish this. Your name is to be Abraham, for I am making you father of many nations, and your descendants shall be kings. I am looking at a room full of royalty because I will show you in a minute, you are them. He's talking about you. You are his descendants. You, you are. You are those kings. And in Revelation chapter 5, it says, that, uh, let me just read it really quick. Oh. Thanks. I want to read it actually like I can read it. So. <laughs> Thank you, honey. <laughs> hey, I could read it. 
So the Revelation 5, this is where we're in heaven now, and everybody is worshiping Jesus top of their you know, throat. They're just going for it. You are worthy to take the scroll. This is verse 9. And you are worthy to take the scroll and to break its seals because you, Jesus, you were sacrificed. And with your blood, you bought people for God of every race, every language, every people, and every nation. And you made them a line of kings and priests for God to rule the world. You are kings and priests. You women, yes, you're queens, but you know, we're kings, we're royalty. We are royalty. There it is right there. He said he would do it. And, and Jesus has made it all. Jesus purchased us and made this all possible. Made, it made it happen. He says, I shall maintain my covenant between myself and you and your descendants after you. Generation after generation as a covenant in perpetuity. I love that word. It's a word we don't use much. It just means forever. It ain't going away. It's, there's no end to this thing. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. This is the covenant. That's it. Do you understand in Abraham's covenant, God made a covenant with himself. He made the promise with himself. Did you know that? Like, how can this ever be broken? It can't. Because he made the promise with himself. It's all in Hebrews. I don't have time to. Uh, trust me. It's all in there. Trust me on this one. Because this is the way it can't be broken. And so you might be thinking, wait a minute. I thought there was the old covenant and the new covenant. This is confusing sometimes because there's God has different covenants with different people. Abraham's got one. Moses has another. David's got one. There's different, you know, Adam. There's different covenants. So when we talk about the old covenant is gone and the, new, and the new covenant of grace is here. That's the old covenant of the law with, with Moses. That one that was bad news. That was designed to get us ready for a savior, which was the only one who could rescue us. That covenant of, I'll bless you if you keep my laws, I'll curse you if you don't. That's gone. Yeah, everyone, yay. <laughs> That's exceptional news. That one is gone. This one is not. There's, there's no end to the, this covenant doesn't need to go anywhere because this is the one we want. He said, I'm going to bless you because I'm going to bless you because I'm going to bless you because I'm your God who blesses you. That covenant doesn't end. So check this out. Um, I, I, I talked about Tamim earlier about being who you really are. This is Bill Johnson, a spiritual dad of mine. He says, I got this dream of every person being settled in their heart, who they are in God, their place in society, and their place of influence, literally being successful in the assignment. Every person being settled in their heart, who they are in God, their place in society, their place of influence. What would happen if every believer knew who they were in God. They knew why they were here and why God placed them where, they, where, where he has and why they, are, why they are made to influence for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of love. What would happen? I'm telling you something. This world is about to find out. 
That's a prophetic declaration right there. This world is about to find out. Right? We've been, we've been letting God do the work on our hearts. God, you know, heal the hurts, the places where I get offended, the place, all those things, which is so good. But why? Because we're about ready for this. I mentioned last week that, the, that we're coming into a time of more, of more favor, of more resources, and more authority than the world has ever seen before, than, than the church has ever held before. And he's getting us ready to hold this. <sighs> Here, this is Romans 4. Last, last, last week, I told you, I'll read this in just a minute. Last week, I told you that Abr- Abram, from the time God said, I'm going to bless you, till the time when they had Isaac, was 25 years. Suzanne and I have been in this valley 25 years. Jesus brought us here miraculously, kept us here miraculously. You have to listen to the tape to hear the stories. All right. And the time, the time from Isaac, I'm sorry, from Ishmael, which is Abraham trying to make God's promise happen to the time of Isaac, is 13 years. Blazing Fire just turned 13 this week. Now you might be thinking, wow, how coincidental, except God doesn't work in coincidences. In fact, when he, told, when he kept me in this valley about 17 years ago when I thought I was leaving, he told me to read Hebrews 11. And when I got to the place, he didn't say, read Hebrews 11 and look at Abraham. It's, you know, that's the litany of all the saints who have gone before us, right? But when I got to the verse about Abraham, that, that he set out for a country without knowing where he was going, and then he claimed an inheritance for he and his descendants. The Lord said, stop. I want you to claim your inheritance right here in this valley for you and your descendants. So somehow our life has been tied into Abraham for a long time without me really thinking about it. It's one of those things God just, I don't know, the last couple of weeks has been this huge aha moment of, of just how brilliant God is, how everything is orchestrated. And that's not just so for our lives. Do you know that even though I'm the most favored and blessed person on the earth, so are you? It's true. We are not more favored than you. Well, Brent and Suzanne, you started a church, so obviously God's going to do more for you. No, 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 no. He's looking for his kids who want to walk with him, who want to make a difference in this world. He's going to bless you regardless, but the more you see who you are, he's going to use you as a massive influencer wherever he takes you for good, for kingdom good, right? So this is the New Testament. Check this out. This is Paul writing. He writes quite a bit about Abraham in Romans 4. I just picked a couple of verses out. Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. This, by way, the way, is in the Message Bible. The famous promise that God gave Abraham that he and his children would possess the earth was not given because of something Abraham did or would do. It was based on God's decision to put everything together for him, which Abraham then entered when he believed. What made Abraham so great in heaven's sight? I believe you, God. That was it. That was it. What great thing did Abraham do? I believe you. Woo! You getting this? Because this is absolutely true for your lives. 
you're going to have all kinds of reasons why you think you should, God maybe has forgotten about you or maybe he's forgotten about that promise or whatever. You're going to be really tempted when, when, you're, when your soul isn't feeling so good, your emotions are taking you somewhere. You're going to have choices to say, God, you're good. I believe you. I've had more of those choices than I could possibly even remember. Because you know what? It, it does take a while. It, God takes a while. God takes a while for things. You know, on his end, it's just, it's all one anyway, right? The past, present, future, it's all kind of the same to him. On our end, we're like, hello, anytime now, right? He knows what he's doing. He's brilliant. He's brilliant, and he's for you. All right, let me go to the next one. Here's a couple more. Romans 4 still, um, and still in the Message Bible. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint. Didn't I tell you? that The only reason you say, well, why Abraham? I don't know. He had to pick somebody. But it wasn't, if you read the story, there's, he wasn't like looking for someone that was extra holy. He just picked Abraham. But, uh, so Abraham was called father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Yes, that preaches. Ah, he's so good. I'm going to keep going now. This is a little bit more in Romans 4 in the New Living Translation. 23, verses 23 to 25. When God counted Abraham as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. See, this is where we all get in on this. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him. What's the big deal? What does heaven see as the big deal? That you believe. We're, we're get, we, we get so um, nervous, upset uh, about, am I doing enough? Am I measuring up? Does, am I really saved? Because I blew it. I'm blowing, I'm blowing it in this area. Am I even saved? Do you believe? Have you, have you in your heart said, God, I know, I know you're real. Jesus, I know you did this for me. I know you paid the price. I have no other options but to follow you. I don't think I'm doing such a good job, but what are my other options? I don't have any. I, I know. <laughs> the Lord knows. But I know you, you will know in your heart. If that's, if that's what you've done, that's what heaven sees as the big deal. Jesus, I have nowhere else to go. You're the, you're the one. You're the one that has set me free. So God will count us as righteous if we believe in him. Righteous, that means right for him. That means a, the right fit for him. It means you're a perfect fit for him. Remember that word perfect again? Not that you don't make mistakes or you don't ever blow it. That's not what perfect means. 
He's saying, I actually designed you. I actually fashioned you to be a perfect fit for me already. And now I'm going to convince you of who you are because you haven't believed it yet, but you're going to. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. So this whole thing, this whole thing about Abraham, about him being right with God because he believed him, now Jesus has opened that up. Jesus, who was an ancestor of Abraham, opened it up for all the nations, just like God said would happen, to all who believe. The promise of, of having a God who blesses you, who has covenanted to take care of you, to nourish you, to sustain you, to uphold you, to cheer you on. It's yours. It's t- for everybody who says yes to Jesus. You are now descendants of Abraham. You get in on that promise. And it's a promise that will never, ever end. Some, some people, are, again, are... I, I, there's many Christians who are worried that they're, that they're not saved because, because they still mess up sometimes. But, they, but, but they've said yes to Jesus. They believe he's the Lord and the Savior, but they're wondering, am I, am I, am I even saved? Do you, know, do you know how many times the Bible says that when, when you said yes to Jesus, you already crossed over from death to life? It's all over the place. It's in John 3, it's in John 5, it's many places. You've already crossed over, which means you've already started your eternal life. That eternal life that you're wondering about, you've already, you're already in it. And the reason why that's so important, if we don't believe that, we can't, we can't tr- if we can't trust God, that this, this is his covenant that we entered into by faith, just by believing and saying, yes, Lord, if we don't really believe that and we don't trust him, we don't really have good news to share with people. But we do. We have exceptionally good news. And look at this, Galatians 3.29. So if you belong to Christ, you are now part of Abraham's family. Look, at, it doesn't get any clearer. And you will be given what God has promised. That's awesome. So I want to look at covenant. Talk about covenant. And then we're gonna, I'm going to have a few other people up here soon. So what is covenant? That's a, a word that... Um, I, I want to say this. Co- covenant is a powerful word, but it also is a, is a word that I think has a lot of baggage for a lot of people. Uh, because, because covenant, is, we all know, is about making an agreement, making a decision. But here's, here's, when we use a word like covenant, we start getting scared. When we talk about being in covenant with God or each other... We're starting to think, oh, no, because I, maybe in your life, maybe in the lives of people around you, you, let me say it a different way. Nobody in this room yet has met somebody, a human, another human being who has never, ever let you down in any way. Think about that for a minute. That was quite a statement. I'm talking about the ones that you know, that you're in relationship with that at some level, in some way, they haven't disappointed you or let you down somehow. Which makes, that, see, that's what makes us suspicious of God. Could it really be that? Could it be true that you will never, ever go back on your word? That, you will, that, you, you, that you're not somehow, you know, pulling a fast one on me here? 
that I'm going to give you my life and then, you know, you can do something weird with it. Or, I don't know. And, and then we get even more nervous when we start talking about being in covenant with one another. Ooh, yikes. That's scary. Because that means i got to kind of depend on you and you have to depend on me. And what if we let each other down and we're not like God. We're not, we're not like God in the sense yet that, that, that we're not going to mess up at times and let somebody down. Right? So that gets even more scary. But I want to say this. We are, we are going more and more in a direction Blazing Fire family, we're going in a direction where we are walking in a covenant together, covenant relationship. And we're going to learn more and more what that means. I have a whole lot better idea of what that means now than two years ago, that's for sure. And I'm going to have a whole lot better idea two years from now than I do now. But we are going there together. We're going to invite, we're going to invite all of us, ourselves, myself included, to learn what that is and to go there more and more. Now, but you can't, we can't be, we can't even understand covenant or be in any kind of a healthy covenant relationship unless we get it this way first, unless we get this covenant with God first. So let me look at that really quick. There's just a couple things. One, this is just my own definitions, but what is covenant? This is where God says, I will be your God who cares for you in every way. This is his covenant. This is his promise to you. This is what his covenant looks like. I choose you. So if the word covenant doesn't ring a bell for you, that's why I'm giving you some other ways to look at this thing. What's God saying when he says, I covenant with you? I choose you. I'm in this for your best. Always, 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 always. I'm telling some of you, three or four times because you need to hear it three or four times right now. Because some of you, you're in a place and you're like, I, I think I believe that God's for me, but I, I really don't know. This is pretty tough. What I'm going through is pretty hard. No, he's, he's in this for your best always, 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 always. And, and, and this is the thing. It's, it's, I know it's hard to see it in the middle of it. I get it. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been in those moments where, where, where life gets really tough. There's something breaks apart. A relationship that you really care for just is destroyed. You, get, you can get into some really, really hard places where you aren't feeling this. But can I promise you that doesn't change his promise to you one bit, what you feel or don't feel? I... I I read a story. This is this one is actually a little scary, but I, I read a story of a of a man who who really wanted to know this. He's like, God, I want to know, I want to know that you're present with me all the time. I want to, Lord, would you do this? I want to know what it feels like when you're not present. Now, I'm telling you, this is not a prayer I ever prayed, nor will I ever pray this in my entire life. Do not try this at home. There's a point to this. I mean, to me, that's like, what? Why would you? Anyway, but I found it fascinating because this is, according to his story, the Lord granted that wish for a very short moment, and it felt like every bit of life was sucked out, this black, hollow, you know, dead, nothing there. 
And, and just for a moment, then, and then the Lord, Lord came back. But for him, and, I, and I, the reason why I tell that story is because of this. How many times do we wonder, God, are you there? Without realizing that the, the Bible makes it really clear that the only reason any of us are alive and breathing and our heart is beating is because Jesus is alive in every cell in our body. Life, life, life. In other words, we have so much life, we, don't, we just take that for granted. Like, oh, this is just life. But God, are you there? He's like, oh, you have no idea. Now, there are times where he blesses our socks off and gives us, you know, the more, the, the, the feelings, the encounters, the dreams, the visions, the experiences, awesome stuff. He is always with you, even when you're not having those, those touches that you can tangibly say, wow, that was above and beyond. He is with you all the time. And he is always in it for your best. And he says, I've made things right. This is his covenant. I've made things right between us, and I will never cut you off or change my mind. This is what Jesus did for us. He's, Jesus has made us right, even when you don't feel right. This is a whole long topic I'm not going to get into, but, but many Christians focus on sin as an, as an act, as a verb. I sinned, I did this thing, therefore now I don't, God probably thinks less of me, I, I feel like I'm out of relationship. When sin is, is, is actually a noun, it's, it's an it's a entity that covered out over Adam and Eve from the beginning so they couldn't see who they were anymore. They couldn't see that they were made in the image of God. What Jesus has done He's taken off that thing. It's gone so that you could see who you are now. You can see the glory of God in you. You have the ability now. He's taken that thing off that completely blinded us from being able to see. Now we can still make bad choices. But that's not who we are. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the more you see who you are, the more Jesus shows you who you are, the more that the incongruencies and the inconsistencies are not okay with you anymore. Your spirit says, no, I don't want this anymore. Even if you struggle with the same thing over and over, I'm telling you, you're in a learning curve because it's not going to keep going on. You know why? Because the spirit of God lives in you and he has not given up on you. He won't give up on you. He cannot. And he says, don't you even know in the midst of those times when you think I've departed, do you know I'm right there with you? I'm not, I can't leave you. I'm with you. That's my covenant. I won't leave you. I am here with you. I am committed to your success. We're going to learn these things together. I'm going to teach you who you are until you believe it. That's what's going on. One more I'll just share with you is where God says to you, I know your value. And I know your infinite worth to me. I know it, and I'm helping you to know it. At this point, I'm going to call up Suzanne, who's going to share a little bit with you. My amazing wife.
Okay, disclaimer. Brent is preaching at me. <laughs> this was all for me. I don't know about you guys. Nele, I tell you. Just wanted to read. I'm going to start off with. Uh, it'll make sense why. I'm going to read um, Romans. Romans five. Starting with, um, well, you know what? I'm just going to read from verse 1, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Hmm. The part that I'm going to focus on in that verse is um, because suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character. Um, a lot of things were hitting me just even tonight. Yes, worship was fabulous. Yes, I was worshiping out in the street because I could hear it out there, and I'm like, yay, God, yes, God is great. And um, and then something Cindy said really hit me, was how, um, in the testimony that she gave, that uh, the young man and that family were stepping into a place of uh, understanding their royalty. And then Marcia shared about stepping into a season of fruitfulness with beauty. And, um, and yes, this will all tie in together in this, um, in this area of value and, um, and knowing who we are. And Bill Johnson's word about seeing us getting who we are. I mean, that, that's, I think that's what has been their mission, well, to see the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is going to be manifested through each one of us. And we've got to know who we are, whose we are, and, and then what to do with that. Because we're going to reach nations. Um, earlier, I was listening to Bill Johnson again, and he said, um, he was uh, commenting on Psalm 75, but he said, um, Bill Johnson said um, that uh, the people will fear God because of his goodness. I feel like he wants to reveal something about his goodness and his grace that will shake us to the core. It's a wonderful shaking. So if the Lord is going to is, is going to reveal this part of himself his goodness 
then let us as his children, as his people, explain or exemplify what that goodness means. Okay? So um, I've been challenged, uh, and, and it's just hitting me now, about this area of stepping into your, your, the dimension of your character or your personality that is royalty. We have all been going through, you know, as you guys have been walking with us, we've been walking together. We've been on this journey of getting so healed up and saying, into me, Lord, into me, see, and help me heal those places so I can be the person that that you created to me, me to be, the authentic person you created me to be. So that when I'm authentic, when I am me, when I am displaying your glory wherever I am, like Nancy in the workplace and others, Pete in the, in the workplace who've shared, when we will display his goodness and the world is going to be wowed. And it feels like this is... Um, accelerating. There have been a lot of words about this acceleration, fruitfulness. It's coming. It's coming. And, and it does feel like that. But, you know, when um, I don't know about you guys, but um, change is hard for me. And, um, and so when it says, you know, we're going we're gonna to be, because this is going to require change on our part. Right, so we're. I mean, I watched the show Psych, and I cried when it ended because it was a change. <laughs> you know, it's all those people that you invest in, and then now there's no show. But you know, that's but that's me. That's a little bit into me. That's how I am. You know, <laughs> I I tell you, what Brent has to put up with, I tell you, I don't know. So. So it was hitting me now as we're trying, as we are changing, as we are getting healed, as we are taking what we've learned here. And you know what? When Brent was talking about 13 and he was talking about, ooh, this is the age of adulthood. Oh, that means we're growing up. Oh, does that mean I got to grow up now? (sighs) And you're like, there are times when you just want to be a kid, but then you're like, you know what, wait, we are growing up, and it's a good growing up, and, it, and it's a challenging growing up, and there will be times where we're going to be kicking and screaming, and that's one of these times for me. I was challenged um, by Leif Hetland when, when he was here. And um, we're sitting in the car going to lunch. And he says, just turns around to me and he says, Suzanne, you really need to understand your value. I'm like, what? What, My value? Well, I know. I know. My husband loves me. My kids love me. You know, my dog loves me to some degree. Not the alpha male, though. (laughs) 
And and I'm like, what? And then he just and then I just start crying. So then I'm a crying mess going into lunch, right? And I'm sitting and we're having a good time and we're talking and visiting and he's explaining how what he's gonna minister that night. And um and then so um we finish our meal and we happen to be at a Chinese restaurant and um and I um we open up our our fortune cookies. I can find my fortune here. It's in here somewhere. Yeah, I have my fortune. I can't find it. Anyway, so I opened up my fortune cookie, and it was so funny. For those of you who know me, the, um, the fortune said, a new pair of shoes will do you good. I'm like, no way that I got that fortune. For those of you who don't know me, I even, I got one of my favorite gifts one year was 365 days of shoes. It was a calendar. I'm like, cool. So I share it with uh, Leif and the elders and we're all laughing because these guys know that um, shoes and and specifically boots, are my love language. So, I, um, and I'm sharing this, and Leif's there, right? And, um, and Leif says, you know, that's funny, because just before you said that, he goes, I felt the need to buy you a pair of shoes. Okay. <laughs> okay, if it was Brent, it was my kids saying, we're going to buy my mom a pair of shoes. Yeah, no problem. But it was, it was a friend offering this to me, and he was, he was in a prophetic role, actually, because he was really pushing this button about helping me to understand my value and also that I'm celebrated, God, what are you doing? <laughs> because, because, okay, in, in, okay, maybe with the elders, I would have felt comfortable, you know, maybe doing something like that. But it was with, with Leif, you know, and I was like, oh, man. And then he proceeds, and I can share this because he said it that night, too, but you might not have caught it. He proceeds to give me $200, hands me $200. But he was going to take me shoe shopping. And um, that would have been a whole day and we only had like 45 minutes. So that didn't happen. So I received with much trepidation, my stomach was doing flip flops. And I'm like, what? And, and he just, he, so he says, okay, here, you buy your own shoes. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This mini can be used for something else, you know, whatever. And he's like, the Lord just wants you to know how valuable you are and that you are a value to him. And I'm like, no, don't want to. And uh, so I received the money as graciously as I could, and I said, thank you. And then... <clears throat> And then because he shared it at church that night, 
It was like, oh, darn, now I have to do something about it. <laughs> and, um, and so all, I, I, I really was in turmoil because I'm like, I, I'm not, I can't spend all this on shoes. There's just, there's just no way. So I try. I go into the store, and, um, and I immediately go to the sale rack, and, um, and I'm looking for anything in my size that I might like. And then all of a sudden, I'm finding like three and four pairs that would equal that amount. And I'm like, cool, I'll get all these. And then I'm hearing in my head, and later Brent kind of said, honey, um, I think he meant for you to buy one pair. <laughs> and I'm like, as much as I love shoes, boots, whatever, it's like, I don't know. I, you know, there was something in me. It's like, no, not for me. For somebody else, that's okay, but not for, you know, not, not me. He's just like picking at me and picking at me. And, um, hmm? Oh, no, you weren't picking at me. No, Brent was not picking on me. The Lord wasn't picking on me either, but he was pushing that. He was like, Suzanne, you've got to understand this about yourself. You are valuable to me. I, the, you know, I love you, and I am going to bless you. When Brent was saying, and I'm going to bless you because I'm going to bless you because I'm going to bless you. And I'm like, I've got to receive that blessing. I've got to walk like... Um, I can't remember who, I think it's a prayer of Jabez maybe where he says, let the nations see that we are blessed by you and then they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll be curious and they'll want to know who is this God then. And so it's like, that's kind of what the Lord was working on in me, you know, that, that I need to know that I am blessed so that when I'm out there, I can walk around and not be haughty or whatever, but just say, no, I am blessed. And I have said that. I have said, you know, when somebody, you know, says, you know, how are you or whatever, even in the store, um, I've said I'm blessed. And sometimes I say I am blessed and highly favored. And I sometimes take people by surprise. And, um, and then I stop saying that for a while. And I guess I need to start picking that back up again. So to finish the boot story, um, my son recommends a brand that I'm like, yeah, right. I even, I even threw out for those of you who are fashionistas or whatever. I said, oh, yeah, maybe I'll go buy a pair of Jimmy Choo's. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Okay, those are like those, you know, 3,000 pair dollar pairs of shoes, you know, that are, have real fur and diamonds. <laughs> they look, they're really fun if you've ever seen them. They're really fun. Anyway. Not that I've tried them on. Um, but, um, so I had to settle it in my heart that I am blessed, that I needed to receive this gift as it was and, um, and actually buy a pair of boots. So next time you see Leif, you can say, yes, Suzanne did buy her boots. But, um, and they're a reminder. Oh, my gosh, you guys, I've never had such a comfortable pair of heeled boots in my life. 
Um, and I've got lots of boots. So, anyway, this is the result. And we've got to wake up to that, that we are blessed and highly favored because yes, we are getting healed up. Yes, we are understanding that we are sons and daughters first and foremost. And our God is Abba Papa Yahweh and he loves us and he cares for us. But we've got a king coming, a king riding on a horse and coming to take his whole, whole people home. And he's a good God. And that is the God that we have to extend a hand or let him extend his hand through us, this good God, because we know who we are. We know how valued, how treasured we are. We know we... Last week, um, we were, when we were at the uh, leaders' advance, last week Brent, Brent mentioned that um, Bill Johnson also quoted Psalm 67, where he thinks that these next 10 years for the church, for the body, is going to be a year of of increased favor, authority, and resources. Okay, that sounds wonderful. That sounds wahoo. That sounds like fruitfulness and royalty and all that stuff. But you know what? And what I found out, and it's been a season of this, it's like it's really getting tested what I believe about that. Because he is going to put you in situations. He's going to... He is going to test, I think, the integrity of what you already know and believe about his goodness and about how much you can hold and you will hold. If he is putting these kinds of situations in your, in your path, if, if a situation of favor happens, and you're able to minister to a group or, or to a body or even to a person where they'll all of a sudden come in and, and, and are, um, they're curious about who this Jesus is that you talk about all the time or that you are just simply sharing. God's going to test the integrity of what you believe and how you extend his love. And his, and it's not to test you to say you've done it wrong, you've not, you know that kind of thing. No, we've got to get over that mindset too. That mindset's got to go out the window because um, he's preparing us. It's not a test like pass or fail, nothing like that. So I, sh- you know, I don't. I wish there was a better word for test. Is there a better word for test? I don't know, but. He just wants you to know that you know that you know that he is with you, he's doing this, and that he believes you can do it. He can hold, he thinks, he thinks I can hold this. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, is that, does that what, I mean, if you think about it, what does that mean? Oh, yay, favor, increased authority. There's responsibility that goes with that. Oh, my goodness. And don't get me talking about responsibility. I'm a firstborn, okay? But it's like 
it, it's that kind of, um, I'm just saying, I don't know if this is like a, a, just giving you a heads up. That the time we're going into, yeah, okay, we're all on different journeys together. And, um, and I have had some amazing people just keep reminding me of who I am. And, um, you know, and, and Brent, Brent does, <laughs> he does try to remind me who I am if I'm not arguing with him. <sighs> I tell ya. But it's all good. No, seriously, it's all good. But, um, but yeah, what an exciting time to be in. But you need to really think and, and really, um, I don't know, desire that. So I had a feeling for a while I was like kicking and screaming, going, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. But he's like, you know what, honey? You really do want this because that's really you. So, that perseverance building character, honele. Perseverance building character. I think that's, I'm going to be in that, you know, that um, area for a long time. Actually, it's probably, it's probably where we always stay so that we keep going forward, you know. And, and that's why we need each other to call us on things and or to remind us of who we really are. And I so appreciate that about this body, this family, that we can do that, that we are, we are rising, rising to the occasion. We are rising up to where the Lord is calling us to be. And if it, and it, as it is royalty, we're going to learn that step, you know, we're, we've been learning who we are, but now we're, he's, he wants us to take it to the next level and know that as a son and daughter, as a prince or a princess that can extend his hand of mercy, grace, justice, love above all, that we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. So um, this um, this uh, Bill Johnson also quoted a man, uh, Randall Worley, who said something, who said that uh, this, God disorients you so that he can reorient you and you can't find your way back to where you came from. And I'm like, I'm one of those ones who likes to tie in a story. And um, back in September when we had the women's retreat, I think I shared this with you guys. And I um, attempted the zip line and wanted to do it a certain way. And I ended up doing it upside down and backwards. (laughs) And if that's not disorientation, I don't know what is. But all that to say that it just feels like, well, this is where the Lord's been taking me. And just a heads up that he may be taking you there too. And you know what? We're in good company because it is towards something 
It is towards his kingdom. It is towards displaying the goodness of God in such a way that it is so attractive that the world comes to him. We can do this. We got a big God who's going who's gonna to make us as integrous to who we are. And he's going to do that. So uh, we're just going to, we're going to, pr- I want to pray into this for a moment before we release you, just because I think it's really important what God's doing, that, that uh, we need to first understand our value from his perspective, who he says we are, our value. Then we can begin to value each other and those who haven't come to Jesus yet. We can value them for who they are made in the image of God, but you've got to get it this way first. So just for a moment, I, w- I want us to pray. Uh, so, Father, what we're asking all of us together, we're asking, would you, would you allow us to see and to know the worth that we carry? When you say that we are made in your image, what does that really mean? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, and you've made us to be a line of kings and priests. What does that mean? I'm asking right now, Holy Spirit, speak to every heart. What is our true worth? What are we worth to you? And Holy Spirit, I'm trusting for some, they heard some things just right now, but I'm trusting for others that you're going to be telling them in the, in the days, the weeks, months, and years ahead. You're going to show them more and more clearly, each one of us. You're going to show us the true value, the intensity of the worth that we are, that we have to you. wasn't with anything cheap, the word says, like gold, <laughs> but, it, but we were purchased with the blood of Jesus. <laughs> you call gold cheap because the blood of Jesus shows our true worth. And so now, God, would you get us, would you cause us to agree, give us the courage to agree yeah. with who you say we are, because there is much, much more coming. You're about to, to reveal more of yourself, more favor, resources, authority, and so much more for the sake of the nations. And we are living in that time. So thank you, Father. We thank you. We bless you. And we say, just like Abraham did, we believe you. Can you just say that, God? I believe you. I believe who you say I am. And I agree with the worth that you give to me. In Jesus' name.